Numbers 1428. Um, uh, 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 this is the NLT version. Okay. Here we go. Watch this. Uh, uh, now this is God talking to Moses. Okay. He says, now tell them this. Okay. This is Numbers 1428. It says, tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. Okay. I'm going to read it again. Tell them this. This is God speaking to Moses. Tell them this. As surely as I live, I will do uh, to you the very things I've heard you say. Uh, Today, uh, we're talking about, uh, here's the title, Whatever You Do, God, Don't Give Me Everything I Ask For. Okay, that's the title. Whatever you do, God, watch this, don't give me everything that I ask for. Uh, Because again, he says here, as surely as I live, because Lord, I'm going to, the stuff y'all been asking for, Israel, you hear me with the stuff you've been saying, I'm going to give you exactly what I've heard you say. Okay. Now here's what's funny about this. When I say, you know, whatever you do, God, don't give me everything that I ask for. That is totally opposite, or at least sounds totally opposite of what we think we should hope for, what we should pray for, uh, what we should believe for. It's totally opposite of what we even think about or talk about in the church. It sounds totally, usually it's the opposite, right? Like I could, uh, can have a whole conference about how to get from God, what you ask God to give you. And, 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 you know, give me my heart's desires. What we know I'm saying, you know, whatsoever things I say, I shall have you know, what we say, you know, it's already mine in the spirit. And I understand exactly where we're coming from when we say that, but then the concept of God, whatever you do, don't give me every single thing that I ask for works opposite of that. But what happens? Here's the question. Well, here's the question right here, diamond, uh, Brenda, watch this. What happens when the things I want for me, is not what's best for me. Okay. Watch this. What happens when the things that I say, the things that I ask for, the things that I desire, watch this, are not what's best for me. And we talked about this before. I think it was maybe two years on Easter Sunday or the weekend of Easter, where we talked about the same thing, like, 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 like what happens when I'm drawn to the things that aren't best for me? Or what happens when I desire the things that I know is not right necessarily uh, for me? And so the question before us this morning is, is what in the world happens when the things that I want for me or the things that I am speaking, the things that I say I desire are not the things that are best for me? What happens? Because watch this. It is possible that the thing that I want so bad, Ma, Sister Karen, it is possible that the thing that I want so bad is actually the worst thing for me. I don't know if we're ready to admit that, but it is possible that that the thing that I'm asking for, I see you see here, and the thing that I want might be the worst thing for me. Now, watch this. Not, now, now, it's not because I am trying to make a bad decision, okay? It's not like I wake it up in the morning and I'm saying, how many bad decisions can I make today? I see you, Mom. Hey, Carlicia, hey, Yenis, it's not that I'm, that I'm trying to do the wrong thing or I'm trying to go down a path that is, but the truth of the matter is, in my humanity, watch this, I make mistakes. I don't always make the right decision. Watch this. I sometimes misjudge things. I sometimes think something is one way when actually it is the opposite way. And I think some things may turn out one way and it is actually bad. Have any of us ever had an experience? Watch this. And it's a, you don't have to you don't have to call your name out. You don't have to put your name out there. You don't even have to chat, type it in the chat box. But how many of us say that there had been a time or two in my life where I thought something was good or I thought something was right and it ended up being wrong or it ended up being bad? I thought this opportunity was good and it ended up being wrong or I thought that this person would be a good mix, a good person to partner with, a good person to to, to, to have on my side. And it turns out that this person was not good, but it was bad. But you tried to make the right decision. 
I'm not talking about doing things that you know is, is wrong or something that you think is questionable. I'm talking about in, in my own mind, Diamond, I'm trying to make the right decision, Tanya. I'm trying to do what is right, but, but, but I thought it was good. And I thought it was the way that I was supposed to go, but it ended up being wrong. I'm looking for the right end outcome. I'm looking for something good. But now when I, when I decide to do it, even though that I want what's best, it ends up being worse. Why? Because I make mistakes because I am not all knowing because I am, I, I don't have the same uh, 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 foresight and the same even definition of what right or what good is as God has. Right. And some of us can even picture right now, as I'm talking about this and I'm telling you that, listen, there is no need for you to put anybody to put in anything in the chat box. But as I am saying this right now, some of us can even picture a mistake that we made, even though we thought that it was going to be good. Um, uh, it, it, if, it's, if, if you're thinking about a person, please don't put their name in the chat box. But you can think, but you can think about a situation. Watch this, where you where you were trying to do right and you were trying to do good, and you thought that you and 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 as I say this right now, something or some event. Or I see you, Carlicia, or some person comes into your mind and you think it to yourself. Yeah, I had that all wrong. OK, listen, I had it all wrong or had them what all wrong. Watch this. Even when I and sometimes we make decisions, watch this, that we think may work out to be good. And so it's like, even though I know right now this may seem sketchy or this person may, you know, we had this whole thing where we talk about we see red flags. Well, we may see a red flag and we may see something that looks bad, but we still decide to go with it because in our own reasoning and in our own uh, rationalizing things and in trying to make something work, what ends up happening is we try to make the best decision we can make in that time, in that tough situation, being caught between a rock and a hard place. And so when we're trying to, I see you, Carlicia. And so when we're trying to make the best decision we can based on the situation that we're in, we do what we think might be right. And it ends up that it's not right. And what's so funny is it's interesting to me how we can uh, op be open and we can admit, watch this, that, that we don't know everything and that we've got stuff wrong before in the past. Watch this. And, and, and we've got things wrong in our lives. I see you, Krishana, even when we're trying to get it right, that we've made a bad decision. Right. But yet when we pray to God for something that we want and he doesn't give it to us, or even if he makes us wait a little bit for it, even if it's not the season for it and he delays it a little bit, we still will get upset and mad at him for not giving it to us. Come on. I know y'all never been mad at God for, before for anything because Yenis is so is so, you know, uh, uh, saved and Sister Karen just trust God with everything. And Crystal don't get mad at God's timing at all. And so I know y'all can't relate to this, but I'm telling you, I've preached this to myself three times before we had church today. And brother Mike, Sister Gina, I'm trying to tell y'all that there are times when I when there's something that I want or something that I desire or somewhere that I think God is leading me. And when it is delayed, I, ha I get upset, even though I am well aware of my own fault. And I'm well aware of my own limits when it comes to making the right decision. Watch this, that I've been wrong before when trying to be right. Come on, Kashana. I'm not even talking about trying to, I'm talking about try, I'm talking about being dead wrong and not, and, and, and making the wrong decision with, a, in, with an organization or with a job or with a person, even though I'm trying to do what's right, the decision that I made is wrong. Now watch this, as hard as it is to admit Sometimes we need to be thankful, watch this, that God does not give us everything we ask for, or God does not give us everything that we say we want, or God doesn't give us everything that comes out of our mouth. Why? Because we've been wrong before. Well, I won't say we. I, Brother Mike, Kalisha, Tanya, 
I've been wrong before. I see you, mom. Watch this. Can I trust the fact that if God hasn't given it to me yet, that it must be best that I do not have it? Okay. That's right. I see you, Kashan. I love that. Thank you for intercepting. That's what we're going to call the God who intercepts, who will stop something, <laughs> even though I want it. And even though I say it, can, listen, can I rely on the fact, watch this, that, that, that God's wrong count is at zero and my wrong count is at more than zero. Okay. So, so watch this. So I admit that he knows best. And I admit that I get things wrong and that my, my wrong count is above zero. And his wrong count is what? At what? At zero. Hasn't got anything wrong, right? Now watch this. Let's take a look at the story in numbers because because we, we started there and we've got to see what happens when God gave them exactly what they said. Watch this. We opened up in Numbers 14. Watch, so Numbers 14, 28. It says, now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord. Watch this. He says, I will do to you the very things I've heard you say, okay? So now at this point in numbers, let me tell you where we are in the story. So, so, so Israel's delivered from Egypt. They're in the wilderness, right? They get to the point where the promised land is here. They send 12 spies. Spies come back. Two of them got a positive report. 10 of them say, we can't do it. There's giants there. The land is everything God said it was, but there's no way in the world we can do it. So 10 people got the negative report. Two got the positive report. The negative report spreads all throughout the camp. Isn't it so funny how, how, how even though there was a positive report, we tend to focus on the negative. And it's always the negative. Watch this. This is why gossip spreads so fast. It's so funny how gossip spreads way faster than, 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 than good things. Hey, listen, if I had some good gossip on Guinness and, Car- and Carlicia, I could run the time. I can run the Brenda. Hey, listen, we can, ru- we, can, we can run the bad gossip way faster than if I had some good news about Mike and Gina and the no, nobody would hear about the good news. Oh, I didn't know that this happened. Oh, I didn't know she got, oh, I didn't know that that happened. How don't you know? But if it was gossip, you would know. Why? Because the bad news, that's why Kashana, and that, I see you, mom, it spreads, like Kashana said, like wildfire. It is so funny how, and you know what? It's because, watch this, because we all, we may not admit it, but all of us, without the grace and mercy of God, have bottomless lows, Okay. And so we're quick to relate to one another on the bottom, on the on the look. We, without the grace of God, we have we all have these bottomless lows. We, total deprivation is what theologists call it. Uh, and, but 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 uh, but those who are, uh, try to achieve higher, that number gets smaller. And so so gossip and the negative stuff spread faster because most people can relate because we have bottomless lows without the grace of God. But the good news doesn't spread as fast because the better the news is, most people don't even want to hear that because we all can't relate on the same highs, okay? We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the, but, but the, but the, but the bad stuff spread all over the camp and everybody was upset. Now, I want you to see their reaction because this is what God is dealing with them on. Watch this, number four, uh, numbers 14, one through four, NLT. Watch this, y'all. This is their reaction. Here's what it says. Then the whole community began weeping out loud and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. Watch this. If only we had died in Egypt, the place of their slavery, right? He says, if we only would have just died there, watch this, either kill us in Egypt, it says, or even if we had died here in the wilderness. So now here's what they're saying. Like, wait, so so we see the land that God promised. It's everything that he said it's supposed to be. We hear, we hear one, we have a negative report and then we've got the positive report. And now we're willing to just wish we died years ago in Egypt. So I wish we died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complain. Watch this, verse three. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for 
us to return to Egypt. Shouldn't we just listen? Let's not do this. Let's not move forward. We should die in Egypt or die in this wilderness. Let's just turn back around. Listen, because listen to what they're saying. We should turn back around. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted amongst themselves. Let's choose a new leader. Let's get Moses out of here. Let's get Aaron out of here. And let's 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 get a new leader. And they're going to do it. Our new leader is going to take us back to the same thing that held us captive. That's what we want. This is what they're saying out of their mouths. Watch this. And for some, and for some of us, watch this. We're, st- we're in that in different seasons of our life in a wilderness state. And the problem is, is that because when you're in that wilderness, you're, you're from what God took you from. He delivered you from something and you still feel like there's more coming up. Like he's taking you somewhere, but you're not there yet. You're, you're in the wilderness. And so we, we tend to what? Want to go back to what's familiar. People will stay in dysfunctional relationships simply because it's familiar simply because it's become a routine, simply because it's what they know, simply because it's comfortable there. And I'm not even talking about romantic relationships, even in friendships. People will stay at toxic jobs. Watch this. People will stay at toxic churches just because they're used to friendships. It happens all the time. This is what we do as people. And none of us will ever say, take me back to slavery, but we will stay and go back to situations that we know aren't right for us. And we'll go back to situations that we know God has taken us from. We can literally feel ourselves being elevated in God to a a different level of awareness with him and relationship with him. And we will go back to what he's delivered us from or go back to something that is not on the same level where God has taken us simply because we're not familiar with it. I see you, Jasmine. And hey, hey, watch this. Watch this. And then we say these things. Watch this, Tanya. I got you out of our mouth. Take us back to Egypt. We should have just died in Egypt. We should have died in the wilderness. What have you done? Oh, our wives and little ones will be carried off as plunder. They're saying all this, watch this. They are saying all this stuff based in fear on something that hasn't even happened. They haven't even fought a battle yet. And they're saying, we're going to lose. They're going to carry our wives and children off as plunder. We're going to die in this fight. None of that happened. But what they're neglecting is everything that God has already done for them. So, so we'll forget everything. I see you, Krishana. We'll forget everything God has already done. We'll forget all the victories he already has. And we'll, and we'll live in fear based on something that has not even happened yet. Forgetting everything that he's done. Watch this, Sister Karen. This is not even the first time that they said things like this. Come on, y'all. After God had delivered them from Egypt, parted the Red Sea, walked across, manna from heaven. All that, but this is not even the first time that they've said something like this. Exodus 14, 11 and 12. Here we go, Diamond. Watch this. Exodus 14, 11 and 12. Crystal. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? <laughs> this is a recurring thing. Like they've said this multiple times I mean, It's because it's important to realize what they are saying. OK, because this is what God's going to do. He says, I'm going to give you exactly what you've been saying. Watch this. He said, wasn't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why have you done this to us? Why do you make why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Watch this. Leave me in slavery. Watch this. Have you ever have you ever dealt with somebody? And you're trying to help them out. And, and, and they literally are telling you, leave me in bondage. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get you out of Egypt. And you are literally crystal. I see you laughing. Crystal. Watch this. And they are literally saying, no, don't help me. Leave me a slave in Egypt. Watch this. He says, uh, leave us alone. Let us be slaves uh, to the Egyptians. Watch this. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Who said you was going to die out here? God never said nothing about you dying out here. Moses never said nothing about you dying out here. Why are you thinking you're going to die out here? 
But we're going to we're gonna have to do a whole lesson about changing the way that we think. What was it about the watch this? And this is what write this down, Tanya, because I need you to, to remind me. You too, Sister Karen, that it's going to it's going to be like like what is it about deliverance that makes you think of death? That's going to be the title of that sermon. What is it? What is it about deliverance that made them think about death? OK, I can't preach that right now because I'm not prepared. But but that's what the sermon is going to be when I finally get prepared. Here we go. So that's not the first time they talked. He talked about dying in the wilderness. Watch this. Exodus 16, two through three. Exodus 16, two through three says there too, the whole community of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Watch this. Verse three. If you only had if, if the Lord, not even if we died, or the Egyptians killed us, says, if the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they, only if the Lord this is because it's the Lord that's harming them. Right. It's God that's doing this to them, right? He says, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. And so why is it that, that, that so deliverance, they equate it with death. We should, why, we should die in Egypt instead of dying in the wilderness. Nobody said anything about death. And then they say, the Lord has, ki- if he would just killed us back in Egypt, why do you think that his heart towards you is to kill you when it is to deliver you? Said, so if the Lord had only killed us back in Egypt, they moan. Watch this. Uh, there, we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us in the wilderness to starve us all to death. So this is not the first time that they've complained against God. Not the first time that they say God's trying to God's trying to kill me. It's not. It's, this, it's not the first time that they scream that. It's not the first time that they yelling at Moses. Not the first time that they complain. Now watch this. Here's where we are. So now they're complaining again against Moses. They're complaining again against God. They're complaining again against God's plan. They're complaining again about being in the wilderness. They're already again projecting death. And, and, and again, the things that they're afraid of in, in, in going into the land are things that haven't even happened yet, but they won't even focus on or think about the things that God has done for them. And so here we go. They're complaining again about dying in the wilderness. We saw that in verse two. And then they're complaining against Moses and Aaron in verse four. They say, they say, let's find a new leader and let's get that new leader to take us back to Egypt. That's what they said, right? We want to go back. Now watch this. They talked about stoning Joshua and Caleb. If you read verse 10, Joshua and Caleb was like, whoa, 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 guys, don't overreact. Like we can take this. We're more than able to do this. They said, kill them. We're going to kill them. And then we're going to find a new leader and we're going to go. Isn't it so funny how they wanted to attack Joshua and Caleb, the ones who were trying to tell them we are more than able to do it. Not only does the gossip spread, it's a, this is what I'm talking about when I say the positive stuff doesn't find traction among negative people. It just doesn't. It, 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 this is why look, Tone on the call, I can talk bad about Tone all I want to, and that's going to travel so far. But the minute I'm like, Tone, you can do this, you got it, they're going to want to kill me and Tone. They, wanted to, they said, we're going to stone Joshua, the two people that said we can do this, Joshua and Caleb. We're going to kill them, and then we're going to get another leader, and that leader is going to take us back. We're going to leave Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. We're going to kill Joshua and Caleb, and we're going to find another leader, and we're going to go back to slavery. And then watch this. So then God tells Moses in verse 13, we talked about this, that he's going to wipe all, I'm, I'm going to kill all of them, and I'm going to start a new nation through you, Moses. And Moses says, don't do that. Don't kill them. You know, as much trouble as they gave Moses, I don't understand why he wouldn't let God just do whatever God wants to do. But anyway, God says, I'm going to I'm going to kill them, Moses, and I'm going to start a whole new nation uh, with you. Moses says, don't do it. And so so then so now look what God says. OK, this is what this, this is. This is God's response. And this is kind of the meat of where we've been all morning. Watch this. In verse 20, God says he, he says he's going to pardon them. All right. He said, OK, I won't I won't I won't kill him. I won't kill him, Moses. I won't wipe them all out and start new through you. I won't do it. But he, but here's what he said he's going to do. Watch this. Verse 28. This is where we've been. He says, now tell them this. I'm not going to kill everybody. I'm not going to wipe them out. But tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in this wilderness. 
It wasn't his will. It was them who said it. He ain't talking about dying in the wilderness. He never said nothing about starving in the wilderness. He talked about coming out of Egypt. Watch this. It was always and go through the wilderness and then get to the promised land. They were sitting there so far. And so they're, they're, what they said, what they desired, all this. We want, we want to go back to Egypt. Why would you send us here? They're saying all this stuff. And God is saying, okay, if that's what you say, I'm going to give you exactly what you're saying. You will die here in the wilderness. God, thank you for not giving me everything that I say. (laughs) Thank you for not giving me everything that I want. Watch this, verse 30. He says, God says, you will not enter and occupy the land that I swore to give to you. Again, I was, I see you, Kushana. I was going to take you there. I was, I took you out of Egypt. We're going through the wilderness. I've got a promise for you. But all this talk and all this chat and desire of getting rid of Moses and wanting to get rid of this person and you don't want Joshua to leave. Okay, fine. You want to turn back and go? Okay, cool. He says, he says what? He, I will not give you the land. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephthah. He says, and Joshua, son of Nun. So the rest of y'all are going to die in this wilderness, except these two. Again, don't get persuaded because the, the, the negative crowd won't accept your positivity. God sees it and he'll reward it the same way he rewarded them. Watch this. So we, see, so we saw God's response. I'm going to give them exactly what they asked for. They're going to die right here in the wilderness. Now watch this. Verse 25, we're still in Numbers 14. Look at the instructions God gave Moses. This, this killed me when I read this. Y'all watch this. It says, now turn around. Watch, this is what he's telling Moses. Now turn around. And, and don't go towards the land where the uh, uh, Amicalites and the Canaanites now live. He says, don't, no, turn around. Don't go that way. Don't go towards the promised land. He said, tomorrow you must set out for the wilderness. Watch this. Not just in the direction of the Red Sea. He told, listen, this is what he said. Because remember, he part of the Red Sea for them to come out of Egypt. And so now he's saying, he's saying, don't go forward to the promised land. I'm not taking them there. Since that's what they want to do, they want to die in the wilderness, they're going to have it. Turn around. And I want you to march back towards the place from which I uh, delivered you. Oh, my goodness. He says, he's, he says, now you're going to turn around, Moses, and you're going to take them back. Remember, we all love the saying, we all love the song, you know, um, go down Moses, way down to Egypt land and tell Pharaoh, let my people be part of the Red Sea and all that. And we love that. But they never made it to the promised land, that generation. He says, no, 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 no. I delivered you. Y'all want to go back? Turn them around and start walking back towards Egypt. Oh, but what if some decisions I make and things that I want and things that come out of my mouth literally is not progress. It may feel like progress to my flesh or feel like progress to my desires, but it is literally a roadmap to go back to what God had delivered me from. God, don't give me everything that I ask for. God, don't listen to everything that I say. (laughs) Understand that your son trips sometimes. And don't God don't let. So he says, OK, y'all want to y'all want to go back to Egypt. We're going to turn around from here. They're right at the promise that we're going to turn away. We want to turn. I see you. Ma, we're going to turn away from here and we're going to go right back towards Egypt. And watch this. Watch this. And then God. But he said, we're going to go back towards the Red Sea. Right. So I'm going to take you back that way. But you're not even going to make it back to what I delivered you from. You're going to die in the wilderness. We're going to go back towards the Red Sea, back towards Egypt, the place that you why you bring me back from here. But before you even get there. You're going to die in the wilderness because of what they said. You just let us die in the wilderness. We know it. Sister Karen, watch this. Numbers 14, 34. And, and, and here's what's interesting. Because remember, remember, they said they said that that if the Lord would just have killed us in Egypt and, and, and not bring us out here as if it's him who's harming them. Watch this. 
uh, Numbers 14, 34. He says, because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day, uh, suffering the consequences of your sin. Watch this. Then you will discover what it is like to have me as an enemy. I swear to God, I never read that. I, I, I never read that uh, a verse uh, until doing the thing with impact that he says that you will now discover what it's like to have me as an enemy. You're blaming me for this. You're saying God should have just killed us in, 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 in Egypt. Why would you bring us out here, God, to kill me here? And he says, no, no, no. You think I'm against you, but I'm for you. But now for these next 40 years, you are going to understand. You're going to feel. You're going to see what it is actually like to have God against you. <laughs> That's what God said. Listen, if this lesson don't make you grateful for God's grace and mercy that he don't deal with us the same way he dealt with them. Back, listen, he says you you're going to turn back around since, since, since y'all talk about we're going to die in Egypt. Why you bring it? We'd rather be back. OK, cool. We're going to turn back around. You're going to go back towards Egypt, but you're going to die before you even get there. I ain't going to let God is so good. He wouldn't even let them go back to be slaves. I'm not sending you back there. Why would I do that? So, I mean, but the generation is complaining against me. You're going to die here in the wilderness and you will. And, and, and because you, you say, well, why would, if the Lord's hand would have just killed us in Egypt, I'm not against you, but for the next 40 years, you're going to feel what it means to have me against you. Oh man, we fit. Listen, I know sometimes we go through things in life and we feel like we're alone. Thank God. We have no idea what it's like to go through this life without him. We say it because we feel like it. It ain't true. Mike, Gina, you're not alone. Tone, you're not alone. Carlisha, you are not by yourself. I know it feels like it, and we say it sometimes, but thank good that the same way he said you're going to discover what it's like to have me for an enemy, he was never against them. And so I thank God that even though sometimes we feel like we're alone, sometimes we feel like God's not on our side, that we have no clue because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, we have no clue. I see you, Sierra, what it's like to go through this with all your trouble and all your trials and all the shortcomings and all the stuff that you that you wish worked out differently. That even with all that, we still have no clue what it's like to go through that. Whatever you've been through, think about your that we have no clue what it's like to go through that without God. But he told them the next 40 years, you're going to feel what it's like to go through this without me. Why? Because of what they said. Are the words that I'm saying, the things that I'm desiring, the things that I'm trying to work towards, are they reflecting a forwards journey towards the promised land? I see you see here. Or is it reflecting a backwards journey back towards the Red Sea? Am I talking and living in a way that's taking me back to what God delivered me from? Or is it headed forward to the promised land? Are the words that I'm saying, Tanya, or the things that I'm desiring, Uh, is, is it reflecting a mindset that affirms that God is with me or does it, or does it, or is it more affirm that I have this thinking that he's against me and we have no clue what it's like to have God against us. And that's why we're thankful for Jesus's sacrifice. We had Easter, we're thankful for a sacrifice that he was the one who said, father, why have thou forsaken me? So we never have to say that. He felt that. So we never have to feel that. Even though sometimes in our flesh and in our humanity, we feel like we're alone and forsaken, but we're not. Here we go. So here's what we want to do to make sure when it comes down to watching what we say and those things that we desire. And we talk about God, whatever you do, don't give me some of these things that come out of my mouth. Just don't give it to me. Watch this. Point one, we need to remind ourselves, watch this, that I'm not always right, even though my intentions sometimes are to be right. So even though my intention is to be right, 
doesn't mean that I'm necessarily right. Because we think that the intention uh, uh, justifies the ask or the request or what we're saying, but it doesn't always because just because your intention is right. Remember, it doesn't mean that we're right. And this is Bible. Uh, Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end leads to destruction. And so here's a way that seems right. So not that we're trying to end in destruction. We're trying to do what, what, what seems right to us, but it says that and what leads to uh, 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 destruction. That's Proverbs 14, 12. Um, and so this thing seems like it could be right, but it leads to destruction. So we want to make sure that we remind ourselves uh, th- that, 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 that I'm not always right, even when my intentions are right. So let me watch what I say and what I desire, because if, God's, if, if it's not his will, I don't, I don't, I don't want it. Uh, point two, we want to make sure that we remind ourselves uh, that sometimes the things that I want or think uh, that I need are coming from a fleshly standpoint. Right. And not from a spiritual standpoint, that there are some times where my requests have more to do with what my flesh wants. Right. Um, except for, you know, uh, 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 um, Carlisha, because she doesn't deal in the flesh anymore. She's so spiritual. She don't even, you know, Carlisha don't sleep. She don't eat. She's all spirit. She just write. She write books and send inspirational Bible messages on text messages. That's all she do. All day. Um so, so, but I understand that sometimes the things that I ask for, <laughs> that I request, watch this. Sometimes my flesh gets in the way and it's my flesh asking. Watch this. Romans 7, 18. This is for all of us. Says, says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. The writer of Romans in King James, it says that in my flesh dwells no good thing. Watch this. It says that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. And so it's understanding that, 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 that within my flesh dwells no good thing. Watch this, Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it, right? And so some of these things that I think I want can be coming from my flesh or a deceitfully wicked heart, right? Or things that I'm, because remember in the Bible, we talk about, we're still all what? Working out our own soul salvation. And so as we continue to grow, the flesh dies, we get bigger in the spirit. Flesh dies, bigger in the spirit. But we're still dealing with what? That flesh. Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. So I got to understand that as I'm still dealing with the flesh, as I'm still working through um, uh, and maturing spiritually, that it is possible that some of these requests and wants are coming from the flesh and not from the spirit. Point three, if I'm not, watch this, watch this. If I'm going, (laughs) if I'm going to shout about uh, Crystal's uh, favorite verse, that he works all things together for my good. And I'm going to shout about the fact that he has a plan for me and to prosper me, you know, Jeremiah, the verse in Jeremiah, and and, and all these things are going to be great. Watch this. If I'm going to shout about that, then I need not get mad when his plans does not line up with what I want. If I'm going to shout about all things work together for the good and I'm reading that and that's my, that's my, that's my work, then what I need to also then, because I can't have one without the other. If, if I'm going to if I'm going to trust the fact, watch this, that he works all things together for my good, then let me not be disturbed when the thing that the thing when the things that he's working out doesn't line up. Watch this with what I want. And then here we go. Uh, uh, Proverbs three, five through six is what it says. Proverbs three, five through six it says trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to your own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Y'all, we're talking about basic scripture here. So, so, so if I know he's working all things up out for my good, then I need what? Trust, trust him. I need to trust the Lord with all my heart, lean not to my own understanding. Because leaning to my own understanding, even when I'm trying to do right, can end the destruction, like we just read in Proverbs, right? All right, um, uh, uh, 14. All right, point four. 
uh, 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 and, and this is where we're in, that I also I need I need to thank God that he doesn't release me to the things that I say I want the same way he did them. He said he said, that's what y'all want. Perfect. I'm going to do exactly what it is. You said he said he said he said what? Tell them this, Moses, as surely as I live, I will do to you the very thing that I've heard you say. I thank him for his mercy and his grace but I don't want to take advantage of it. Teach me to, we want God to teach us to change our language, change our perception, change the things that come out of our mouth. We know he's not against us that he's for. So God stop me from saying, what is God doing to me? God's not doing anything to me other than prospering me and moving me forward to what he has for me. And, and, and so how do I say that? How do I keep that in, in, the, in the forefront of my mind? How do I keep that in my heart? How do I say that? How do I not think to turn back to what I was and what I was doing? No, 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 can't go back, can't go back. And I'm not, I wasn't brought to the wilderness to die in the wilderness. We were brought to the, we were brought from slavery in the wilderness because the wilderness was the only way to get to the, to, to the land that he had promised them. That's the only, the only reason you're there or where you are now is because it was the only way for God to get you from where you were and put you where, he, where he's trying to take you. It's the only reason you're there. If he could have put them on an airplane, he'd have put them on an airplane, they would have flew over the wilderness and they would have landed right in the promised land. But they didn't have airplanes back then. Like, so it was only one way to get them there. And for you, he's got you on this journey and he's progressing you and he's growing us up, Yannis, and he's growing us up, Tanya, and he's growing us up, Mike. Hey, Charles, he's growing us up. And so what ends up happening is that in order for me, for me to get you from A to C, Rick, I have to take you through B. Dying in the wilderness was never the plan. And so we'll figure out when we're going to do this whole wow, why deliverance means death to some of us. It's weird. It's weird. Let's pray.